Hey, yo, what's going down? This is your boy Stevie J. This is the message of hope. So, uh, I'm dealing with uh, car insurance, price adjusters, you know what I mean? And basically, you know, gotten a little bit of a, a little bit of a fender bender with a deer, got my car totaled, right? And this is so relating to recovery because I feel like being in recovery has given me the tools I need to address the world in these types of settings. You know what I mean? Like, I'm dealing with people who who their motivation is money. They, they like to play dirty. They just try to find ways to plot, scheme, twist, you know, push, pry, and, and it sucks. You know, it's like part of my mind is like, man, it sucks that that's the way it is, that that's the way the world works, that that's the way insurance companies work. But it's like, thankfully, I have tools to address something like that. Now I went from a $2,000 first offer to a $5,700 final offer. You know, my car's worth about that. Uh, If I'm being completely honest, it's probably worth a little less than that because it did have some damage and some issues. (coughs) But they didn't need to know that. But but all in all, with the market the way it is, I was probably cashing out right about where I should be, you know? And it's crazy because the the skills that recovery has given me helped me get to this place. I would not have been able to do this a few years ago. You know, back in my active addiction, maybe even early recovery, I'd have been too squishy, I'd have been too nervous, you know, too, too overthinking and, and not as assertive to just really stand my ground, be firm, you know, so I'm going to run through some of the tools that, that helped me get from this number to that number. And it was a couple of days of process, multiple conversations. I had to reach my limit with the claims adjuster and then go up to their manager. So it starts out with, yeah, so this is what I did. This is how I ran my numbers. And basically, this is what you got. And, you know, the first initial, like, conversation, one, if you're, if you're ever dealing with something like this, you have to say no. You know, and it's not just about saying no and keep saying no until you get the number you want. You really got to question how they got to where they got to. You know, so at first it was like, your car is only worth $3,300 and I'll charge you $900 to keep your car. Both of those numbers are insane, right? But how am I going to know what those numbers should be? I have to do some work too. So what a lot of people do is they just kind of want to take the easy route. I don't want to argue. I don't want to, you know, I, I like impatience could be a problem. So, so the first skill is patience. I just got to be patient with this process. Not everybody has the, the ability to, you know, like play the game and stretch it out some, but luckily for me, I did. I got a rental and I have another car in the household. So I just had to be patient. Now, now it comes time for me to do a little bit of work. So I did some research on how do I go about addressing this type of thing. Thankfully, we live in the digital age where YouTube, TikTok has so many tools and tips, but I got to do the work. I got to do some things. So I have to go digging. I have to go see, well, what does my car sell for with this mileage, with this year, you know, in this area? And I got to compile my own case, right? So I do that. I just, I literally like spent maybe 15 minutes on Google, if that, 
found some comparisons, screenshot them, send them to her. Now my number goes up, probably about $500, maybe a thousand, right? Because I'm like, look, now I have something. You sent me something. She sent me bottom of the barrel shit. No pictures, nothing. They're probably like broke down bodies or like failed engines or dented to hell. So I'm like, listen, this now I got to present my case, right? I got to really look at the, the facts of what's going on. You know, so attention to detail, things like that. And I got to be a little bit assertive. And I got to say, hey, you know, I, I see what you did there. Um, she sent me some comparable vehicles, right? And I did my research on them. I look up those websites. I go to those pages she sent me. I look up those dealerships. There's no pictures. So I'm like, I need some pictures of these. Because here I'm giving you some examples that are like, six to 8,000, they have pictures. And you could see that it's at least in good condition from the picture. What condition is that car in? You know, you just ask questions. What condition is that car in? Uh, 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 I don't really know. Okay, then. So I guess either find out or that's not comparable. Right? So that number goes up. So then she gets in a little bit of a squirrely effort and sends me 12 different options, comparable options, all within her price range, you know, in the, in the price range, she'd like it to be from here to like 250 miles away. I mean, I had three different States in there, right? I'm like, damn. So she's, she throws the number up like a thousand, you know? So now we're at like, I don't know, 40, 4,000, 4,500. Still, I'm like, you know, oh, well, one, I don't think it's fair that you're sending me options in Montana. Like, how am I supposed to go get that? Right? It's not realistic. But two, let me just do a little digging still. So I spend like 20 minutes, maybe even more, looking up every one of those options. And guess what? Out of 10 of them, two of them were there. And the two that were there were closer to my price range. All these other ones that she's like, oh yeah, here's one for 4,000. Here's one for 3,000 something. Here's one for 5,000. They're not there. These are old postings or they're just straight up fake. Like they are not there. So I, I just keep pushing and standing my ground. I didn't even say a number at this point. So don't show your cards. Don't tell them the tricks you know. Pay attention to what they say, right? Because she's real wiggly. She's not that good at it. But like, she's wiggling enough to know where I can push, right? And it's not to maliciously push to take advantage because that's that's the big principle for me. Like, I did not come into this with some type of I'm going to get you mindset. Because if I did, I would be playing dirty too. I just wanted what's fair. And if I stand firm on what's fair... I feel like the universe blesses me, right? So I stand so firm with this claims adjuster that she has no choice. She's at the very end of her limit. So I use some of the TikTok things like, well, I need to know if you don't have the authority, I need you to get somebody who does. Because we can't, we can't, we're not making a deal. This is, this is unacceptable, you know? And I'm polite and respectful. So I'm not pissing her off and making her pull out the guns, right? Or, or just kind of be done with me. So then I start talking to the, the upper guy and I just explain the whole thing. I'm like, listen, this is what's going on. 
these these comparable options you gave me they don't even exist which makes me feel like we're not really you're, we're not on the up and up and then every time he tried to speak about his agency doing due diligence and doing their homework i was able to say i don't think you did do your homework because these don't even exist and if you would have simply just clicked a couple buttons to confirm that they're there we'd be having a different conversation they don't exist. So what are we doing with that? The ones I sent you exist and they're in our area. So I feel we need to be closer to these numbers, you know, and I just stay firm. And he tried to just, all right, so like another skill, sitting in silence. He tried a few times to just tell me this is the end of the road. There is no, there's no way we can go higher. This is when we're at 45. I'm like, well, I guess, what do we do? And it was just silent. There were long gaps of silence. You know, being in meetings where people get quiet, you know what I mean? Being a counselor where the client gets quiet used to make me really uncomfortable, make me kind of like urge to say something or or too like scrambly to believe that that really is the end of the line, you know? And I know it's not. Even back then, I would have known it's not, but I wouldn't have known enough to stand on it. You know, I'd have been plagued by all my hypotheticals, right? I'm sorry if this is boring anybody, but like, this is just my real, right? This is just what's going on. And I feel it really relates to recovery and the blessings recovery can give us. So I just keep standing firm with this guy. I, I really point out to him that you guys have not been playing fair. And I'm, and I keep reassuring them. Like, I'm not trying to, to get anything out of you. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not left taking a huge hit. Like I pay full coverage. I shouldn't be taking a hit at all. Right. So then I just, and he keeps asking me like, what number do you think? And I'm like, I'll just say vague things like closer to this or somewhere in the middle of these two. Not that he's like, you're not getting this, the high end number. I said, I didn't say that but we're definitely not talking this. And I'm talking about the last offer they gave me, right? So I finally just get a number in my head and I'm like, I'm gonna shoot you straight, man. I want six. I want six grand after my deductible and I wanna keep my car. And he's just like, whoa, how dare you? Like now we're talking maybe 6,800 on their end. How dare you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, you guys came and offered me three grand to begin with. You're shooting me super low. I didn't come at you asking for 10. I came at you asking for fair. Now you're talking about all these, you're trying to give me fake examples that I'm offended by. I'm offended at your first offer for one. Two, I'm pretty upset that you're trying to use fake numbers to, to get me and I have the report Right. So, I mean, I, I have a few things in my corner where I'm like, if you want to go there, we can go there. You're playing dirty. I will expose you. Right. So and then he messed up, too, with his with his uh, last offer he gave me before I said the number. He said like 55. But that's, you know, before my deductible of 500 and before I want to buy back my car because I want my tires off of it. And I'm going to sell it for like 500 bucks. Um, 
and and he's just so that still would have left me with like I don't know forty five forty seven and I just that's not enough to get a car that's not enough to get my my next car so I'm like but he messed up when he told me that number of fifty five because he goes so I found one for this and then after tax tag and title it'll be that and I'm like oh, oh you're supposed to be including that so I was like here's what it is I want my six and that's list price. So I'm being very fair. And that's the low end of the list price that I'm finding with cars that are comparable in our area that I can see are not damaged. I want the six. Now, if you want to talk about out the door prices, we can come back to this conversation with some other numbers. And he's like, I'll call you this afternoon. Now he calls me back. He gets it up to like 64, but still wants me to the deductible and and my car so he ends up being at like 57 57 50 something like that you know and i'm not gonna be stubborn i'm not gonna be like oh nope i said six i'm like it's another thousand out of them another 1200 all right i'll take that you know what i mean so standing firm right being respectful number one i feel like being respectful got me a long way standing firm you know, being assertive and doing your homework, doing your due diligence, knowing your worth. You know, these are all the things that recovery has given me sitting in silence. These are all the things that recovery has given me that I wouldn't have been able to do before. And this is, this is how we're going to have to deal with people in life, with managers, with partners. We're going to have to do our homework. We're going to have to know our worth. We're going to have to sit in silence sometimes. We're going to have to argue a point, advocate for ourselves, and and try to do it respectfully so we're not causing further damage. We're going to have to be mindful of, you know, snakes out there. Oh, man, and two, being an addict, you know, you could just hear the bullshit. You can just see the wiggliness. Being a previous counselor, oh, man, I was able to pick up on all these little things that they let slip. You know what I mean? It's amazing. I, I honestly, I had, I had a little bit of fear coming into this. I was like, dude, I'm so neutral. I'm so, I'm passive at a default. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to, they're going to get me. I'm the type of person they're going to get. But honestly, there were a few times I just kind of like said a quick little centering prayer, meditate or something like that. You know, just kind of just ground myself real quick before these calls. Stayed firm. Stayed honest. Honest the whole time. You know, when they tried to wiggle me and say something, I'm just like, I I understand what you're saying. I I can respect where you're coming from. But I just need to tell you that this is why I think that is just not true. This is why I think that what you're saying is not accurate. Damn, did it pay off? You know what I mean? I'm 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 like I said, I'm walking out right where I should. Right where I should. So keep going forward in your recovery. Do what you can for yourself. You know, learn how to say no. Learn how to stand firm. Life will reward you. Stevie J, Messages of Hope. Check out the Recovery Pod main page. Check out the Facebook group. We need you in there.